Check, check. Mic check. Moto 60 show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxis live. Last one of the year. Well, as long as the Nationals are going anyways. We're going to do something for the Des Nations, perhaps for the Monster Cup. Uh, so we'll be back a couple more times this year. And, uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening. Greatly appreciate it. Jason Thomas, Paul Parabinos will be on to talk Indiana and uh, much more. Uh, Des Nations, we had a couple of contract signings this week also, so that's exciting to talk about. And uh, your call is at 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let us know what's on your mind. We are giving away a set of Maxxis MXST tires developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath, and also to a set of women's light gear from Fly Racing. They have redone the women's line this year and are stoked about it, real excited about what's going on at Fly Racing with the women's gear. Uh, go to your local dealer, demand to see Fly Racing, uh, their 2019 lineup. I had the F2 riding the other day. I loved it. Lightweight, great venting. I love the new nose piece, too. Looks a lot better in my eyes. And, um, yeah, lots of things going on with the folks at Fly Racing. So go down there, demand to uh, see the new gear, and uh, you can get the same stuff that Zach Osborne, Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, and many others wear each and every weekend. Pro Taper, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, JGR Suzuki, all on board with Pro Taper. The Fusion Bar, the one-third waffle grip, the Twister Throttle Tube, Micro Bar, the Pro Taper Sport Line also is something really cool you can go check out. And... Um, yeah, they uh, they got a lot going on at ProTaper.com and a lot more exciting things happening in, in 2019 as well. Uh, you know their bars. They got oversized bars. They got 7 eighths bar. They were the first ones to have the crossbarless bar way back in the day with Bradshaw. And uh, so, yeah, please check them out. Also, to get folks that get uh, their only one solution to improve your to, your bike's performance, get, get. With the brand-new Get Engine Control units for two- and four-stroke off-road bikes, you'll feel like riding a totally different bike. Improve rideability, maximize performance, improve throttle response. What are you waiting for? Uh, get Revolution by Technology. And, of course, uh, also Maxxis uh, Tires, Maxxis.com. Go to uh, there, check out their tires, whether it's the MXST line, whether it's mountain bike, trailer, light truck, car tires. They'll got you handled, man. And uh, try out the new MXST line of tires. Uh, please check out Maxxis.com. We're going to give a set of those away to somebody, too. 702-586-7857. You can call anytime and uh, see what you want to do. Um, give away a set of this gear to a female caller the women's light gear from the folks at fly racing they're excited about it but you have to be a female to win this gear so uh 702-586 pulp uh give us a call uh taking your calls producing the show holding things behind holding things down over there the tits legendary tits what's up hey steve 
How stoked are you that even though when's a lot, how long has it been since you produced the Pulp Mech show? Sit like since I've uh, full time. Yeah. Uh, the end of this year will actually be three years. Travis okay. will have officially matched my reign is uh, uh, okay. how long. So I just want you to know that over here on the mixer. Yes. On your channel. It still says my it name. It says tits. Yeah. Still, so. It's been five years since I was actually here. Because you had two years with Gibbs. Well, that's and then, what I asked. I didn't say how I said how long has it been since you've been in, producing the show. I wasn't listening. Also, you said three years. Three, yeah, five years. Okay, five years. All right. Yeah, my bad. Five years. Yeah, you're still, still on the mixer uh, board. As tits. Uh, hopefully, it stays there forever. I think it will. I think it will. <laughs> Why we'll, change know, it now? Yeah, Marks might be upset, but you know what? We'll just leave that there. He'll never know. Uh, thoughts on uh, Chad Reed racing this week in Indiana? Give me I, your moto scores. I think that's very cool. Yep. Um, I say. Because of his duration, um, 12, 13. Because of his duration? What do you mean? Uh, endurance. That's what I oh, meant to say. Okay. Endurance. Sorry, my okay. apologies. Endurance. 12, 13. 12, 13, sure. Okay, all right. Uh, we can do that. Uh, speaking of... He'll start uh, strong, though, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 702-586-7857. we got some lines open still. If you're having a problem with the feed, just uh, hit refresh, and uh, hopefully it'll uh, work for you. We are having some crashing issues for some reason. But uh, speaking of Fly Racing, who are the uh, sponsors of this show, Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? How are you, man? Not too bad. How are you? Because of Chad's duration, he will go <laughs> 13, whatever Tit said. I think he was looking for experience, maybe. I don't know what he was looking for. Uh, no, his, uh, endurance. endurance, endurance, yes. Oh, endurance. Okay. Well, so you're saying he would do much better if he had more time to prepare or yada, yada. Yes, that's correct. Okay. I think the speed, the speed will, the speed will okay. be there, right. but he's going to drop off, uh, towards the end. Gotcha. Okay. Do you think, you don't think that the one moto would be better than I, the thirteen thirteen indicates to me that he would be the same in both. I personally think the first moto will be much easier for him than the second. You could argue that. Uh, <laughs> I he gave it to me off the top of uh, his head. I had no notice, and yeah, <laughs> that's what I got. Fair enough. That's my very well educated uh, opinion. Hey, you don't need an explanation to have an opinion. Trust me. Yeah. No, I do it all yeah, the time. Yeah, Steve yeah. has a show. I do it all the time. Uh, JT, speaking of fly racing, uh, we're going to give a set of women's light gear away. Uh, April and everybody down there at WPS slash fly racing. Um, this is a big change for you guys. You guys have done a lot to the line. You're, you're stoked on the new 19 stuff. Yeah, this stuff, uh, you know, for us, it was an opportunity to be kind of first into the women's, uh, you know, air quotes around race apparel. Uh, there are definitely women's options out there, but everything falls into that mid-level, mid-price point. Uh, and it's not really, you know, specific to a lot of the technology that's out there. You know, the stretch materials and the lightweight, minimalist stuff that has really kind of taken over the, the moto world in the last couple of years. Uh, so, yeah, we're super excited to get this into uh, a women's line and offer those women that want something, you know, if they're serious about performance, this is perfect for them. Absolutely. Um, nice colors, too. And uh, if you want to dress up like a girly girl, they have those colors. But if you want it to look like, you know, what, what Pike and Baggett are wearing, there's uh, colors for them, too. So, um, yeah, it looks pretty good. You guys are stoked on that. Yeah, it's like I said, man, it's something we've, we've been working on in April. Uh, April's Astro, one of our designers, has been really key in that department. And uh, to be first and, and to kind of have, I don't want to say exclusive, but to be first to kind of offer something like that is pretty cool for us. 
All right, last one this weekend, Indiana. We'll talk some Chad Reed, of course, and, and uh, see what he's see what we think he's going to do. Uh, talk about Cooper Webb as well coming up. But uh, uh, speaking of Cooper Webb, the big news is Yamaha, Monster Yamaha, uh, dropped its press release this week that Aaron Plessinger has signed a deal with them for the full-time 450s. Barsha re-upped with them. Of course, he was a fill-in rider uh, to start the year, and uh, things worked out so well. He's on a multi-year deal. AP's on a multi-year deal. And... Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I know AP was talking about riding 250 in 19 and then 450 outdoors, so he's definitely wants to go up, and why wouldn't you? But to me, it's a little early. It's maybe one year early. I don't know. Yeah, you could argue both sides, and, and I tried to do that this week. Uh, you know, for him, I can understand that the 250's been frustrating battling weight and trying to keep weight down for him and, and always feeling like you're at a, a power to weight disadvantage. Uh, even, even if you win two titles, you know, I think that's something that's always on his mind is like, Hey, you know, I wish I got a better start. Even if you messed up, you're still in the back of your mind thinking maybe it was, you know, just a weight thing. And those guys are so much lighter than me. Uh, and then also you have to look at the opportunity. You know, it sounds like he signed a pretty long term deal with Yamaha and, you know, maybe that first year won't be a ton of pressure to perform, which is nice. And he'll have time to, to get onto the 450 and grow. And, uh, and certainly there are opportunities to, to make money um, that being on a team necessarily doesn't offer either. So I certainly get it. Um, I think there's, it's a great talking point of whether you should stay down an extra year if you have the opportunity. You know, we, we look at guys like Malcolm Stewart and Justin Bogle and these guys that when they moved up, it was really difficult. Uh, obviously, Plessinger isn't in that spot with it, with this guaranteed ride, but um, I think there's points to be made on both sides of that argument. Well, I don't think AP has been in the class as long as Bogle and Malcolm or, or anybody else. I believe this is his fourth year. Am I off? Has it been five I years? I don't know that for okay. sure. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So, you think they got more than two years? Uh, it sounds like at least two, maybe three. Uh, and, yep. and for a guy like Plessinger, it makes sense. He's certainly showing signs that he's going to be, you know, successful and, and he has the size for a 450. So I don't necessarily blame Yamaha for wanting him to move up. Uh, you're always looking at risk reward, uh, but, but I bet they got, you know, fair value, not, not anything extravagant as far as uh, dollars in his contract. So they're looking at, Hey, if he comes out and starts winning next year and we have to resign him earlier, the number is going to be much higher. So why don't we try to get value now uh, if we can get, you know, multiple years out of this guy. You think he runs with the elite guys in year one, AP? I think at times he certainly can. You know, it's a big jump. Uh, you know, lap times can be deceiving. The bikes are a lot different. Uh, just because you can go faster on a 250, you know, than, than the 450 guys at times, that doesn't always translate. So, um, you know, I think he will do much like, a lot of the 450 rookies do. When they get a good start and things are going their way, they do really well. Other times when they start 10th and they fall into the mix of all the other factory guys that moved up before them, you know, guys like Webb and Pike and these guys, it's not going to be easy to just move through those guys. I think they will find that challenging yeah. to, to do well with, a, with an, yeah. even an average start. Forget about a poor start. Yeah, if, and I'm not saying AP is like this, but you, you make the jump and you're looking at Anderson and Marv and Roxon and Eli and you're like, okay, those are where I want to be. And you get out there with a 10th place start in the main event and you're like, shit, like Pike wants to slit my throat for seventh. You yep. know what I mean? Like Brayton is, you're like, holy shit, Brayton is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so, yeah, it's just, yeah. A, it's an endless list of guys because we look at the, the field now and it's easy to get 
kind of distracted about what the what the field is really like come Anaheim time. It, it's a completely different looking lineup than it is right now. So go back and you know for anyone who's wondering, just go back and look at the Anaheim one results sheet. And yeah, Plessinger certainly has the the ability to jump up near the top of that. But it's also very easy to find yourself, like you just said, at war in eighth or ninth place. Uh, yeah, absolutely right. It's uh, it's something that you, that people don't really realize just how deep it is. Well, they're all champions, right? I mean, Brayton's not, yeah. but yep. you know, I mean, even look at guys. guys like Tickle. You know, he's yeah. in a bad spot right now, but he was a he was a champion, right? He moved up, yeah, and he found it's tough. It's really tough to take the step to the super elite. Um, and Barsha, obviously, it's working out well for him there. He's happier. Uh, he's riding the Yamaha maybe better than he ever did at JGR. So that's a natural fit for for that for both sides, I would think. Correct. Yep. Yep. I think uh, these things have a way of working out, and in the end, sometimes you know, change is good for everybody. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into Chad Reed. He's racing Indiana, and uh, for JGR, he's been riding all week. His lap times are good, I guess, at the at the sandbox, from what we hear. So, what do you think? I mean, we covered some of this in the Pulp Mix Fantasy podcast yesterday, but for people who don't play fantasy or, or, or want to hear it again or didn't hear it or whatever, what do you? What's your thoughts? On Chad, right? Yes. Yes. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, we talked about with with uh, Tits there at the beginning. I think he will do pretty well. Uh, the, the biggest problem is he doesn't have enough bike hours. He doesn't have enough riding time, you know, for all the things that uh, most people deal with. But, you know, a guy like Eli Tomac doesn't feel like the back fatigue and uh, just your arm, not, not getting arm pump. I'm just saying getting tired, right? Because without doing, you know, just hundreds of motos to prepare and then racing, you know, 11 outdoors leading up to it, your body's just unprepared for, for outdoor racing at this time. And, you know, we know he's only ridden uh, a few times between now and May uh, to get ready at all. So, you know, he, I think he's catching a break with the weather. It's not going to be super hot on, on Saturday, which will definitely help him. But I, I really think the second moto, he's going to have every muscle in his body burning because from my experience, I've only ridden the Indiana track once, but man, it was really rough and really difficult and really taxing on the body that just the ruts and the way the bumps form, you, you have to hold on really tight and, and maneuver the bike physically quite a bit. What do you think he does on the weekend? I, I, he's going to be motivated, man. There's zero chance. He wants to show Australian team how he can do. He wants to get a ride with JGR for 19 or, you know, at least talk to them and get serious down the road mm-hmm. with that. Um, he's going to be very, very motivated. How do you think he does? You know what? I think he's going to go something like 9, 13. Uh, starts are going to be obviously really critical for all the things we talked about uh, just now with Plessinger. You know, you want to get up and get with guys that will drag you to the front and you don't have to spend a bunch of time getting roosted moving forward. But I think the first moto, you know, he'll be strong enough to to kind of go. Maybe the last couple laps, if he's lucky, he'll he won't have anyone all over him, and he can save some energy. But that second moto, with with only an hour in between to to recover, it goes really quickly. You know, by the time you get back and rinse off and and get some water, it feels like you're getting dressed again to go to the line. So. Uh, I think the second moto will be the real test, but I don't have any problem predicting something like uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 in the first moto. I think if he goes 8, 9, 10, 11 in the first moto and, and maybe, you know does that 13 that you said in the second, I think he can leave there holding his head high. I think that's respectable. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think anything inside the top 10 in a moto would be good. Uh, I think most people uh, can understand that this was a last-minute deal. It's not like he's been – 
you know, riding all summer to get ready. Uh, and even, you know, look at Jason Anderson. He was in a similar spot, and he did great in the first moto, but he basically just said, I don't have anything left, right? Yeah, so yeah. you get an idea of just how difficult it is uh, to, to recover that quickly in that small time span and be able to get back out there and do anything at all in the second moto because for Anderson, he, sure, he could have gone out there and, and gotten 15th or 20th or whatever, but that's not accomplishing anything, and it's only going to set him back further to try to, you know, train and practice more this week leading up to Indiana. Indiana. Does this uh, outdoor deal with JGR maybe make you think about um, a Supercross 19 with JGR? Well, surely it's somewhat of an audition. You know, maybe not results-wise because his history, you know, kind of speaks for itself and, and they realize if he's ready, he has really high potential. But I think it's more just, you know, let's get a Suzuki out there because, you know, Pike's out and, uh, you know, Justin Hill has been dealing with an injury. But uh, I think it's just let's see how the team works together. Let's see how Chad gels with everybody on the team in a race environment. And, and you know, for Chad as well, does he want to race the Suzuki in, in uh, 2019? Does he want to be at JGR in 2019? So I think on both sides, it's kind of a feeling out process to see what it might be like. Do you think it's a fit? I think it can be. You know, anytime you take a guy who's outspoken like Chad is, uh, you know, you have to – both sides, I think, have to give a little, and you're going to have to compromise on the way things – think. you know, the way you think things have to go because Chad's owned his own team. You know, this past year he was on his own effort. So he has a really strong feeling of the way things should operate and what makes him the best he can possibly be. Uh, but JGR has their own team too, right? They have their own technicians and their own yeah. way of doing things. So I think if everybody can find a common ground and use the best of both worlds and the best of everybody's knowledge to create the best package, then then sure, yeah, it can work. Because let's remember, you know, a lot of this is out of necessity, maybe more so for Chad, but there's definitely value for JGR in presenting a guy like Chad Reed to, you know, not only uh, endemic sponsors, but outside of the industry sponsors too, that, that maybe they don't know a lot about moto, but they've heard the name Chad Reed before. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. First up, Raining Yellow. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing extraordinary. I'm going back to work on Monday. Oh, good to hear, buddy. Riding. Good. But, yes, sir. Um, but no, uh, Plessinger, number seven, and, I know it's a possibility, and I'm totally cool with that because people are like, oh, what about the seven brand? It's like, dude, when you think of number two, I guarantee you think about McGrath. You, you think about Ryan Villapoto, but they don't think of Cooper Webb right now. He hasn't hasn't made that two stand out. Okay. All right. So where are you getting at? <laughs> you just you like the, you 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 approve of him going to seven? Is that what we're where we're at right yeah, now? Yeah, you know, people okay. think it's going to, like, ruin the gear brand. I'm like, pull your head out of your ass. People, like, you know, legends, seven will always be remembered as James Stewart and, and possibly Plessinger if he does awesome. But uh, okay. I want to ask about Barsha, but I just want to say to JT, what about, because I'm having a daughter and I pray to, to every god out there that she likes to ride, what about having women's cut gear but in the same colors that they see the riders wearing. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, it's, it's interesting. I, I certainly don't have a great argument to give against you. Uh, the mm -hmm. one thing we try to do is just have a wider offering. So when you're looking through the catalog or for a dealer to bring into the store, it doesn't all look the same, if that makes sense. Um, so no, I, I, I get that. And uh, I want to talk about Barsha, but I will say – 
You know, I like wearing seven gear. But I will say, I think fly racing is awesome. Like, the helmet, it's affordable. Like, the gear, affordable. But it looks good, you know? Um, yeah, like, and, we, and we try to offer something for everyone. You know, we have the high-end stuff, too. You know, our, our premium Evo line, the pants 189 and the jerseys 59, and that's our, you know, that's mm-hmm. the best of the best, in my opinion. So we, And then, you know, you go down to our F-16, which is our entry-level stuff. So we, we really try to uh, take advantage of the yeah, and Western Power Sports is, is a really big distribution company, and it allows us a lot of resources to have that wide of an offering where, you know, some people, they just don't have the capability to carry that much inventory and have that many offerings because they don't have the power of a distributor behind them. So um, right. on the customer level, it's great because you can go in, and whatever your budget is, you can find something that works. Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, because nowadays bikes are getting pricier, track fees, 30 bucks a day, like, you know, let's keep it real and, and yeah, fly racing. Yeah, to go riding, that's for sure. Yes, but uh, about Barsha, I've noticed, I don't know if it's like he signed the contract and all of a sudden the results have gotten a little less, but uh, he's definitely on the, he's not the guy who started out the first half of the season. So what it makes you, me worry about the motocross of nations. JT, you worried? I'm really not. You know, you look at Unadilla, he was the fastest qualifier. He crashed on the start of the first moto uh, and came back really well. Then the second moto, you know, he was he was in the mix there. Obviously, he had his run-in with Webb, but he was still riding really well. Um, you know, this past weekend, eh, you know, say what you want, it wasn't the best. He, Baggett got him at, on the last lap, but... Uh, overall, I think when you take a track that he's really good at, he's really strong at Red Buddy. He's always ridden really well there. Really? Uh, even on the JGR bike, he did that Suzuki? Yeah, yeah. Even on the Suzuki, he led there, which most people forgot. And I, I had forgotten until I watched last year. But on the Suzuki, when he basically did nothing, he led that race for several laps. Uh, and then really? you take into account the weather, too, which Michigan, you know, in in October could be rain. It could be perfect weather. It could be lots of different variables. And, and Barsha can ride anything incredibly well. He, if it's, you know, super muddy, he would be one of our best options. And if it's perfect track, he would be one of our best options. So I've always, I agree. I've always yeah. liked Barsha at his nations when he's ridden for USA all the time. Yep. Really, really. I take it really seriously. Like, he really trains hard for it and, yep. and approaches it the right way, in my opinion. You know, here we go with JT in the right way and Disney Nations. No, 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 no. And... I'm, saying, I'm not saying the right way. I'm just saying, like, preparation. Yeah. Like, you can tell he wants to be there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so The last thing I'll say is, though, I do, you know, I, I obviously, just results-wise, just taking notice. But I will say, when that dude's ready to go down, he's he's on another level. And, uh, and I, I know for sure he'll bring it, so... No, uh, cool. Catch in with you guys. Oh, thanks, and, uh, thanks, Randy Yellow. Thank have you. Have a great show. Thanks. Uh, next up is uh, Nick. Nick, what's up? You want to talk about Cooper Webb? Yeah. So my question is, assuming Cooper Webb is going to KTM, like it looks like, if he sucks on the 450, is there any chance of them putting him on the 350? And then also, can they throw a big bore on that 350, or do they have to keep it kind of like the stock displacement that they come from the factory? Um, no, they could they could run a bigger bore on there as long as it doesn't exceed 450 cc's. Um, uh, you know what? The 350 is better than um, uh, it used to be, but Michael Essie and Andrew Short showed that the bike is not competitive with 450s with full race 450s. Uh, but it is better than it used to be. Uh, I don't see it, man. I really don't. Uh, it would be interesting to try, but JT, I, I don't I don't think we see it, JT. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think uh, 
to be fair to the OEMs, they've done an incredible job of building uh, insanely good 450s. And you look at even the guys that maybe were behind a little bit, Cowie's got a new offering. Uh, Yamaha's really stepped up their game. The 450s are just too darn good and too light anymore to, for me to believe that a 350 is, is a better option. Yeah. So My thinking is just with how good he did on the 250 that maybe, you know, the little smaller bike might, yeah. you know, work for him better for some weird reason, you know. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Okay. Thanks. We're still looking to give away a set of Maxxis MXST tires and a set of Fly Racing women's light gear as well to a female caller. Uh, Shad is on the line. Shad, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. You want to talk about Durham, Darren Durham? Yeah, yeah. You know, he got disqualified because he cheated and then said he didn't know. But what about the race he won? And then what about the one coming up? And uh, uh, dude, still? nobody cares. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, like I, I have no idea. I, they're not going to take his win away. Will Hahn talked about filing a protest so he can get the win, and like, <laughs> like, like, none of that's going to happen. No, nobody cares. So well, I thought they got a pretty fat check for the purse. The no, day. no, I don't think they get any money. Do they? Do they have a purse? I, I did. I mean, I wasn't positive, but I could be wrong. I didn't know of one. That doesn't mean much, though. I, <laughs> I. Really, yeah. really doubt they do anything. Uh, let as me far uh, as retroactively. I'm going to text Will Hahn right now and say, ask him if there was a purse for it. Um, all right, and we'll see. What you know get- what kind of names they're going to be in the last one? And because I'm going to the to the Ironman, and and we're going early just so we can watch it. I mean, you know, dude, you're you're, one- you're hardcore. You're gnarly. I have no idea. I haven't even watched one all year. I've been. It's a prime time. Oh, yeah. It's a prime time for uh, grabbing something to eat, uh, find, figuring how practice went, figuring out if any injured riders are racing. Like, it's tough for me to get away. I haven't watched one all year long, so um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I've been impressed by him. So uh, Will Hahn, you know, I said, is there a purse for one twenty five race? Will Hahn said, I have no idea, and he's raced every one. <laughs> so that's that should give you an idea of how important this thing is. Uh, all right, thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think there is, JT. I can't see it. I mean, let's put that into the pro purse if we could. If there's a purse, please. I mean, if there is one, great. I, I have no problem with it. Uh, but the bigger point is, if they really went back and retroactively changed the results, I would be shocked. I, don't, I mean, I think there's a 30 minute protest window anyway. I don't even think they they could. And, and not only that, I believe Stu was supposed to lose all his points from all the. Uh, races before he tested positive and that's never happened it's all in the record books it's it's just let's just be happy the races are going on it's an added bonus people are getting to see what they want and you know everybody be happy yeah that's that's my take yeah i i think i'm with you on that um but uh, shad was into it he's going early he's he wants to know who's racing what were the no that's cool i'm all for that absolutely that's cool that's i think that's the added bonus that's the added value is we didn't have that before and anything that's going to give the fans a a better reason to show up and attend the race. I'm all for it. Um, so talking about Webb, though, so we believe he's moving to Red Bull KTM. He's going to train with Alden Baker. I wrote a column on On Track Off Road and then Racer X as well. It showed up this week about him. It's maybe the biggest question. Mm, yeah, I think I think it's the biggest question we have. Um, can he get into the elite levels like we thought he was? He is. Riding well, but he is not near those top guys. Um, let's not make no mistake about it. He's gotten two podiums in his 450 career. He's certainly showed some speed. 
It has not worked out. They thought he would be one of those four guys. He's not one of them. And is this going to unlock it? I Is this the move that's going to do it? With Baker, on a new bike? Big question for 19, JT. Yeah, and you know, the biggest thing is he needs to stay healthy. Uh, that's one key thing that he hasn't done. Uh, going back to last year, and Supercross is, you know, kind of debut, and we're all kind of wondering what's he going to do. He was really hit and miss, but when he hit, like, Oakland, you know, he gets on the podium, and, and there were races where he was certainly in the mix. I, I believe he even led Oakland for a while. Uh, maybe not, maybe Dungey, but he was right there in the mix anyway. And um, that's the kind of rides that he was being paid for and what I'm sure he and all of his sponsors expected. And as we know, it just hasn't panned out on a regular level for that. Um, you know, and, th- and then this outdoor season really got off on the wrong foot because of injury. And he, you know, really didn't sh- get back to it until, what, Southwick was, I think, his first race yeah, back? Yeah, yep. And, uh, you know, he came in unprepared and, you know, he even made comment that he was going to be racing his way into shape. And uh, I think the most fortunate aspect of this is that he's still in demand. He still had a high-level team that was, you know, ready to sign him as they were two years ago. And he kind of gets to hit the reset button because most people don't get to do that. He's going to go undergo a lot of changes. He's, it sounds like he's moving to Florida. It sounds like he's switching programs. He's obviously switching bikes. So, I mean, the future's in his hands. He's going to have every opportunity to succeed. Uh, not that he didn't before, but I think he's, he's very lucky and, and the opportunity to kind of go, okay, let's forget the last two years and let's see if I can start this thing over on the right yeah. foot. So, okay, well, does he do it? He can. Uh, does he? I don't know. Uh, he's got a lot of ground to make up between where he is, especially outdoors, and, and we'll see how Supercross goes, but from where he is outdoors to where he needs to be, it's a long way. Uh, he's getting beat by, like, Phil. He, he really didn't have much for Phil at Bud's Creek. Uh, he wasn't even catching him. So when you watch guys like Eli specifically, um, and you, you know Kenny's going to get better in the offseason, and, and we all know how, Mar- how good Marv is on his good days, that's a that's a big gap to close. I I don't see him being a top three regular guy next year. I don't. I could be wrong. He has the ability to. He won a lot of titles on the 250. But man, that's a big gap to close in a few months. Um. Yep. It is. I agree. Uh. But. And you know you know what I wrote this this column on Racer X and you know who I compared him to was uh, Ivan Tedesco, two championship three championships in two years just like um, Cooper. He uh, Coop won more races, eighteen to twelve. Coop was more dominant outdoors than Ivan ever was. I think Ivan only won two nationals that year um, mm-hmm. when he when he won the title. Uh, big dollar deal with a, with an OEM. Ivan was sought after, man, for sure. And um, two podiums in their first two years in four fifties. Yeah. So there's there's the Dungey example. There's a Villapoto example. Although I would argue they were more dominant in two fifties than Cooper was. Um, and then there's the Tedesco example. Now, Tedesco had a nice, fine pro career, made a lot of money, but never quite got into that mix, and maybe that's where Webb is, or maybe Webb turns into the Dunch. Could be, yeah. He's in he's in a critical crossroads time because, yeah. just like you said, uh, he has the opportunity to take it to the next level. Uh, and, and let's be real, he's making a lot of money and has made a lot of money, so it's not like this is going to be considered a failure on any level. No, that's but, what I said. Like, 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 like if, yeah. I, if I asked you, JT, who raced pro for 
800 years, would you take Ivan Tedesco's career, uh, career <laughs> yeah, and career earnings? You would. Yeah, you think? Right, exactly. So nothing yeah. failure about that. Yeah. But in his own mind and what his own expectations have been, this is certainly not uh, fitting that, right? He, he yeah. obviously thought, and, and I don't blame him, he thought he would be a fixture at the front and, and maybe not winning titles, but certainly in the mix for them. So, And that, that hasn't happened yet. Uh, 702-586-7857. Uh, looking to give away a set of fly racing women's light gear as well as the uh, Maxxis MXST tires. Thanks to Pro Taper, Maxxis Get, and of course the folks at uh, Fly Racing for making it happen. So, uh, Tomax 20 points up. There's two motos to go. I mean, short of a bike failure and or a horrendous crash, he can cruise and bring this thing home. If, if um, Marv goes 1 1, then he needs to go 9 9, JT. Yeah, I mean, the the odds of him going 9-9 are very low. Uh, I think really, you know, what you have to avoid is the the, the DNF in any moto or a big crash. Although, he, I mean, he did get ninth in the second moto at Redbud. Actually, there it's more so like many, a 7-7. Sorry, 7-7. Seven, seven. Okay, the there's so yeah. many extenuating circumstances that have to happen. Uh, you know, a mechanical failure can happen. No doubt about it, it can happen. You know, and if if... So be it. If if it does, and there's not much you can do in that scenario other than shrug your shoulders and and you know have a few sleepless nights, but you gotta love his odds at this point. He's riding phenomenally well. Yeah. Um, the field is super depleted, so it's not like he has this big risk of just a bad day or even a, just an off day turning horrific. You know, he's he's just too good to not ride himself into the front as long as his bike is working and he's not hurt. So. It's going to take a, a small miracle or maybe even a big miracle for, for Marvin to walk away with this title. And uh, what about the 21, Jason Anderson? Uh, I think he gets through both motos. He'll be better prepared. Um, I was surprised at that fourth. I really was. I was, too. You know, when, when Baggett caught him, I even said out loud because we were watching it at our, our WPS sales meeting, I was like, uh-oh, this, that's trouble for Anderson because he's got a bunch of guys behind him, Barsha and Baggett, and these guys are, are wanting to get him, especially in his first race back. But credit to Anderson. He fought back. You know, Baggett fell over, but it would have been very easy for him to slide backwards there. And, yeah, I mean, they didn't really show him a lot for the rest of the moto, but sure enough, he came across in fourth, and uh, that had to be a big sigh of relief for him, just kind of not knowing where he would stack up. Mm-hmm. You know, even in one moto format, okay, I can do this. You know, I can run with these guys. So, yeah, good job by him. So this weekend, like, both motos inside the top five, I think would be the goal, maybe a podium. I think no doubt the first moto his goal would be top five. Um, maybe even sneak on sneak onto the podium somehow in the first moto. And then the second moto will probably be see how it goes. You know, put your foot in the water and go as hard as you can and, and hope for the best because he probably doesn't know how his body will respond in that second one without having that last weekend uh, yep. memory of it. So. Yeah, I don't know. The, the second moto top five might be asking a lot, especially with, um, you know, as competitive it's been the last few weeks. Indiana track, it gets rough and nasty, dude. And if there is some weather it's coming tough, in, right. yeah, dude, it, it gets to be deep and rough and ruddy and low. It ruts down yeah. the straightaways. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's not an easy track to ride, no doubt no. about that. No, it looks fun and when it's, you know, prepped in practice and it looks really cool, but certainly goes downhill from there for, for, for the well, racers. And, and what can really up the ante on the difficulty levels if it does end up raining on Friday or Saturday, that dirt is it has a lot of mulch in it, and it gets really soft when it gets wet. 
and it can get really nasty because I think this track is maybe Unadilla has had more mud lately, but we've had a couple of mud races at this event, and it, we we already know how bad it gets, and it doesn't have to rain a ton. If it just rains a decent amount even overnight, it won't be maybe muddy per se, but it'll be really soft and, and really tricky for these guys to ride. Just really hope Baggett gets into it with Anderson at some point, catches him or Anderson catches him or something happens because Blake was furious after last week and they've had a long rivalry and I will be watching that with 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 interest. Well, you know, I think that if they're near each other, you can count on it. And it's it's hard to imagine a scenario where they don't see each other in either motive. Kind of, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think the chances are pretty high. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Uh, Weston Pike is sitting this one out. He's getting some surgery uh, on his hand that's been bugging him for a while, so we won't even see him at Monster Cup or anything. But uh, Justin Hill will be in, so he'll be teammates with Chad Reed this weekend. And Hill could go uh, 4-4 or DNF-DNF, somewhere in there, in the middle. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a roller coaster for Justin Hill. You know, Washougal was going so well. And then he smashes himself into a tree, right? Yeah. It was a really ugly crash. He should have been on the podium that day or darn close to it anyway. And then, uh, yeah, it's, ever since then, it's been a kind of a tough go. He just hasn't been able to finish. And, you know, he stuck his foot down. Uh, and then he didn't ride Bud's Creek. And so it, nothing nothing has gone right for Justin Hill ever since he smacked that tree at Washougal. So um, if he has troubles again this weekend or can't go, it wouldn't be that surprising for me. 702-586-7857. Got a call for uh, uh, us on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Please give us a call. Got a few more things to give away. JT, thank you for your time. Uh, and uh, we'll probably see you on this show before the Motocross the Nations. We're going to do a uh, special Thursday show. So thanks. Uh, no worries, guys. Thanks for the time. All right, guys. See ya. Uh, flyracing.com, please go to your dealer, demand to see it. Uh, Blake Baggett, Benny Bloss, who's going to be very fast at Indiana, is what he told me. Where Fly Racing, Zach Osborne. Uh, Dylan Merriam, who's a privateer hero last week, where's Fly Racing? Ben LeMay, Fly Racing guy. So, yeah, absolutely uh, lots to uh, to talk about and interested. interesting when it comes to flyracing.com. Pro Taper as well, the JGR guys, the Geico guys, Rockstar Husky, two titles for uh, Pro Taper and Supercross this year for those folks and ProTaper.com. Get ECU, of course. Get, 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 just like Barsha, just like Webb and AP next year as well. And Maxxis Tires, MXST Tire out now. Jeremy McGrath developed it. Maxxis.com for those guys. Uh, first up, uh, our next guest on the show, I should say, from Pro Taper, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you, man? I'm good. What's happening, Steve? Chad Reed, back on Pro Taper, bro. Yeah, he's back. I like it. I'm excited <laughs> about it. I'm excited. Uh, but seriously, though, like, I was telling J-Bone last week at JGR, I'm like, look, uh, him coming out and riding your bike uh, blew up my social feeds, uh, blew up my Twitter uh, people wanted to hear about it. I wrote my columns about it. We did our show last week a little bit about it. Uh, and now this week he's in. Um, this is all like, and J-Bone said every sponsor just about called. He said they didn't offer any money, but they called to see what was up. Um, this is the needle that Chad Reed moves. 
Yeah, I mean, you you can't deny it, and and um, you know, it's today, it's you know, me and my position at a brand, it's not really all about results anymore. I mean, yes, results are very important, but Chad Reed's a huge name, he has a huge following, he has a he has a fan base that has um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like their their customer, like it's an older fan group, I believe. Yeah, uh-huh. these are people that are making purchases, and um, and he's a yeah, he's an icon. So um, it, it's cool that there's a newsworthy person like that, you know, uh, obviously Eli Tomac and, and, the, and Ken rocks and the other stars of our sport have that power. And this is, you know, what they're going to do in the future, but still there's so many people tied back to Ty- Chad Reed and so many great memories of him battling, you know, yeah. Stewart or Reed or, or, or Carmichael, whatever. So it's cool that he's still sticking around and he obviously enjoys it. I mean, you're, you're a big part of their program. You have been for a number of years. If they came to you, in twenty from twenty nineteen, and said, "Hey, look, we've got our guys. Um, you know, we're, we want to have Chad Reed. Uh, you know, what do you th- think about that? Can you do? Can you work with? I mean, your reply is all positive, right?" Yeah, I mean, when they say that they have Chad Reed, that's and and you know, for instance, if they ask for a raise or something, uh, which a lot of these teams always do, Chad Reed is the type of person that will make me move things around to try to make something happen if it's within my capability of doing you know but when it's just another guy that you know um kind of i, I don't know it, chad reed's different it, yeah it's, there's no other way to put it it's different i mean really I, I i've said this before i think him and ken roxon are 1a and 1b in some order in the popularity in our sport tomac's popular musk and muskan popular anderson all that but uh those two right now stand above everybody yeah i agree with you so what and, and you know I, some of it because people love chad but some of the stuff that he posts and things, these issues he's had with his other teams, you just shake your head at. You're like, Chad, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think why people like Chad is is obviously he's been around forever. He's had he's he's a, a memory to many people. I, I, I touched on that earlier about all the good things he's done. But he's he's a real person. I think on social media, he does play the game, um, which I think people that aren't in the know don't don't see that but he he plays a social media game but he, but he he always says what's on his mind and um you know he i feel like when you watch him on the tv that's the person that he is um yeah. you're not getting a uh, you're not getting the you know the the different version that has to speak a certain way you know he's kind of been there done that um he's burned some bridges obviously but he's transparent and and he's honest and people listen when he speaks and i think that's a that's a really respectable um, you know, that's, that's, I think, what's most impressive. If people listen when that guy talks. I told him this uh, a while ago, but, like, he went back to Yamaha. It was a nice fit. He had home on the back of his pants, and he, he wanted to ride out his career with them. Back, Keith McCarty and him were on good terms. And he makes a podium at the Phoenix, and then he says, they finally let me try my parts I wanted. I've been fighting the bike. And then he doesn't like the bike. And it's just like, dude. This could be your two or three year little home here, maybe a rider rider advisor position when you were hanging up the boots. Just play along here, Chad. Play along. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that's what you kind of have to. Um, I think you kind of have to admire it a little bit that yeah. he he he. You know, I mean, he believes in himself so much, and he and he's so smart. I think when it comes to the motorcycle, and. Um, you know, like, I, I mean, I've heard plenty of testing stories about people testing, and I've been close to it before myself, obviously, as a mechanic, and, and that guy knows what's going on with his motorcycle and understands a lot of stuff. I mean, um, so it, it, I think you have to treat that guy different as as you would treat, say, a, a younger kid that, you know, maybe like a Cooper Webb or something. So I think they had two polar opposites on their team that year, one guy that probably knew everything yeah. what he needed to set his bike up and one guy that was learning, obviously, on how to set his bike up. So I think I – think- 
having said all of that about Chad Reed, what's your predictions for his moto finishes this weekend in Indiana for the JGR team? Um, you know, it's it's tough because he hasn't raced in so long. I know he hasn't been riding that much. Uh, the riding part really is, um, I think his speed will be okay. Um, it, obviously, speed gets better when you ride more, but he just hasn't done much motos. He hasn't had time to. But that said, he's still he's too good. He's too talented. He's too um, he has too much experience mm-hmm. to do that. You know, I, I honestly think he's going to be. Right around tenth, I, okay. I would say uh, a ten ten or so. All right, okay. JT said like nine thirteen. Tits, you said ten something, ten fifteen. You said I think. Um, yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely go. I could absolutely see that for sure. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It makes the race exciting. Okay, so you brought up Webb's name, and I asked JT about Webb, and. So I'll bring it up with you. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. I wrote a story about him that's out on Racer X, and it was on on off, on track off road as well. Next year is huge for him. He signed a huge deal with Yamaha. He won three titles in two in two years in the 250 class. It hasn't worked out like he'd liked it to, and um, he's going to Red Bull KTM. This is a huge year, huge question mark. If Webb can get into the elite group, there's nothing wrong with being a 5-10 to 10 guy for a number of years and grabbing a podium here and there, but that wasn't what we thought he would be. And next year is big for him, Paul. Yeah, you know, it is, and um, it's hard It's hard to say. You know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Cooper. I'm a, I think I'm a pretty good friend, friend of his, and um, I, really, I really like Cooper and everything he's about. And, and to me, he just hasn't really been himself, um, you know, as, as from the outside looking in the last couple of years, and I think that's due in part to a learning curve. I think, uh, I think that he maybe underestimated the class a little bit, um, and he's been hurt so much. And I think Cooper was a guy that, that really strives and excels uh, and, and rides that confidence wave and he hasn't been able to get any confidence going because of stupid little injuries and what have you so um i don't know if moving to ktm is the right move uh you know the second position at ktm um that's been tough i think for a lot of people to deal with um being at that team as as the second tier guy so maybe cooper has all intentions of turning himself into the the number one guy over there and and maybe he'll fit in perfectly but maybe he won't you know um i think there's a lot of questions on the training side of of right now i guess the plan is you know muskin cooper muskan cooper um Anderson and Osborne all riding and training together. I think that's a ego overload. Personally, I just don't see how that's per- that. I don't see how that's going to work. And if it makes if that you know is the arrangement all the way, and we're talking about it here yeah. a year from now, I'll I'll be impressed because I think yeah. that's going to be a hard thing to manage because all those guys I feel. Um, feel that they should be winning yeah and um you know there's none of them are going to be willing to play second fiddle i think um so that's gonna be tricky but uh yeah i just don't know we saw anderson kind of get away from that a little bit and uh not want to ride with marv they were riding uh different times or different tracks or anderson kind of stayed in california longer so i've been hearing that's going to be the same kind of program again where jason's going to try to break away again from that from that group but still kind of be under alden's wing so that'll be interesting to see but even still coop osborne and marv there's no 250s in there that's all week to week 450 guys exactly what you were saying paul so yeah yeah so yeah that'll be an interesting dynamic to see as that how that develops um i think cooper will gel with the bike i think um you know the ktm might be 
better for a smaller type guy like him. Uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe he just needed a change, and obviously he's making a big life change, you yeah. know, moving, and, and um, so maybe that's going to re-spark him. But honestly, I think the key to Cooper is is staying healthy and starting, you know, getting some good starts and starting to run up there, and then his confidence will come out, and then that's when he's really going to catch fire. Yeah, definitely needs some confidence for sure. Uh, let's get to Jonathan. He's on one. Uh, Jonathan, what's going on, man? What's your question? Hey, what's up, Steve? Um, I've been riding for a long time and riding the same speed for a long time. I'm like a mid-pack sea rider doing uh-huh. all the jumps and stuff. But I was just wondering if you guys had a couple uh, drills uh, that you think could help me just uh, improve. I'm ready to step up my speed a little bit. Corners, 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 man. That's that's what you want to do. You want to do a turn track. You want to do figure eights. Uh, you want to come in, you know, just practice your turns over and over. So uh, if you have a little bit of a loam area where you can go, you know, right, left, right, and then just keep kind of, you know, making your turns and practicing hitting ruts and all that, that's where your improvement comes. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, Steve, you kind of nailed it. You said exactly what I would say. I mean, I, I, I had a little turn track in my backyard uh, when I grew up, and that's where I learned the most, you know, really. Jumps are uh, I mean, I don't want to say jumps are easy, but yeah. um, I think, you know, you, what's the saying? Corner for dough. For show, corner for dough. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> um, it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really think riding riding, um, riding a turn track and then studying video and, and watching other people and seeing what techniques are out there, uh, you know, main t- good body position, the balls of your feet, things like that, um, trying not to use the clutch too much, um, just riding a lot by yourself kind of in, yeah. in yeah, turns, like Steve's saying, and I think you can learn a lot yeah, that way and then jo- take it to the racetrack. Jonathan, just doing like riding laps at your track that you – you like and everything else is just and you know the jumps and everything else i mean it's cool it's fun but if you want to really get better uh you know do that or take a motocross school um you can try that too so yeah um, steve i had one more question i just listened yeah. to your deegan podcast i really enjoyed that um if you did have kids would you get them in the moto and what do you see yourself being like as a moto dad if you did uh, i'd probably be pretty gnarly i'm kind of competitive uh my dad was gnarly so maybe that would carry over to me uh, I, I don't know. You know what? I, I would give him a chance. I would want him to ride a motorcycle to enjoy the things that uh, I enjoyed growing up, but I wouldn't force it on him. There's no way. Like, if they wanted to do it, great. But if not, that would be cool, too. Maybe we pick up a hockey stick or something. Uh, but, but, Paul, you've got a little one, and he's getting into it now, man. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a tough question. And, and before I had kids, I was always like, no, no, no. I never want my kid involved just because I know this sport and this industry, and it's very difficult. But um, what I've learned now as being a father is is they just want to do what, what you're into. And, and obviously, I'm on the computer on Saturdays. I'm watching the race every single Saturday. I'm working on my bike in the garage. Um, so he sees what I'm doing, and he wants to be he wants to do what I do, and he's into it. So he's he's hooked on motorcycles. He loves them. Um, he he just got his first one, and we're just now starting to figure out how to ride it. And and you know he's not ready yet. He's kind of scared of it. So I'm totally not pushing him. Whenever he feels like going riding, we will. Um, but I think uh, I think it's a really good skill to learn that that it's taken me many many places, obviously, and I think it yeah. could be something, you know that. I just want him to be passionate about something so he stays out of trouble and stays focused on yeah. something uh, else than, than some of these other distractions that they can John, Jonathan, we're going to give you a set of MXST tires, all right? Stay on hold uh, from our folks God at Maxxis. Bless you guys. All right, thank you. I appreciate your guys' time. Yeah, right. No worries. Thank you. Uh, he wins the Maxxis MXST tires. Yeah, Paul, for me, I played a ton of sports as a kid, uh, moto included, and I just think sports and team building and losing and getting beat down and then winning and having good races and crashing, all of that is 
is so important for a girl or a guy growing up. Team sports to me and, and sports in general. I, I agree, and you, you nailed it on the head again with the winning and losing thing. And and the world we live in today is kind of different. It's they're they're not really teaching that stuff, and it's difficult. And that's something that I'm I will be teaching my son, and, and I am teaching him that nothing is handed to you, and there's winners and there's losers, and that's yeah. just the way life is. So, yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's get to some more phone calls here. Uh, is this Talisha? Yes. Hey, what's going on? Thank you for calling. Uh, congrats on winning the Fly Racing Women's Light Gear. Also, you're going to be stoked with it. It's the it's the newest stuff. And like JT said, everybody at uh, WPS and Fly put a lot of work into their revamping their women's gear line. So congrats on winning it. Thank you. I'm excited. All right. What's going on? Um, my question was that the news now of Plessinger moving up to the 450s this next year. Who do you think does better between him and Osborne? Oh, that is a good question. That is a good question. Ah. Uh, I'll let Paul get in trouble first. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, and honestly, I don't know. Um, uh, The easy answer is whoever stays healthy is going to do better. I think if one of those guys doesn't race all the races and the other guy does, he's going to do better, uh, which is just, you know, I I think that's self-explanatory. I think they're both take to it good. I think um, I think the transition will be maybe a little bit easier for Aaron. If I'll, I'll dive into it, I guess a little bit, and um, because the one thing I think Zach is going to have to work on the most is he's he's very very aggressive on the 250, and he seems to ride it on the very ragged edge. And I think he's going to have to smooth out a little bit more to make the 450 work. But at the same time, I've seen Zach ride a 450 before, and especially at the SMX Cup in Germany, and he was amazingly good. So. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question, and, and anyone else's guess is as good as mine. How about this? I'll take Plessinger indoors and Osborne out. How's that? I'll split the difference. Because Osborne, I think, is a better outdoor rider than AP. But I like Aaron's size in a, indoors. Whoops and, and ruts and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, um, yeah, absolutely. Great question, Talisa. Stay on hold here, or do we need to not okay. put her on hold? No, we got the information. All right. Thanks okay. for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, fly racing uh, gear, uh, women's light gear. Um, they've revamped it. So, yeah, that is a good question, and it's going to be a good rivalry uh, to see those two going at it. And I wonder about, you know, that's two more guys in the 450 class. There will obviously be injuries, but uh, I wonder about guys like Malcolm Stewart and Justin Bogle, and Webb is going to be fighting to stay there, and these guys are going to have their rookies ups and downs, and things just got a lot harder for the guys sort of 10 on back when you add these two into the mix, Paul. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that that um, 450 class is gnarly, and um, it, it's for the absolute elite cream of the crop. So, you know, um, I, I, there was a, a great analogy someone taught me when I was younger about the the people that make it to the elite area of this sport, like the upper echelon, the 450 guys that mm-hmm. make a living. And um, it's it's like if you were to put everybody in a cake and you slice the cake, the only people that make it are the ones that stick to the knife. That That's how that's how tough it is. Oh, um, so, uh, yeah, that 450 class is going to be it's going to be gnarly, but, man, it's going to be great for us as fans to watch. Okay, before we wrap up here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, presented by Pro Taper, Get, and uh, Maxis, let's talk 250s a little bit. So, um, one of the theories about AP is that he's really good at Indiana. He's got this title clinched, and he will absolutely whoop up on everybody this weekend with uh, with nothing to lose and uh, just uh, on a good track for him. Are do you, are you a believer in that theory? Yeah, I mean, obviously the track record is for AP in Indiana or any Indiana track is pretty good. Um, I don't know what happened to him last year. He didn't have great results last year. I think a four no. and a DNF. So I don't I don't remember what happened, but um. 
But uh, I think looking at the weather, I think that's a big thing, too, for AP. Um, I think his one thing that he needs to improve on is dealing with the heat. Um, but he's not going to have to deal with the heat this weekend. The temperatures are going to be nice, but it does look like rain might become a factor. Um, but rain is going to help AP. So I think here, talking on a Thursday, I think it's um, I think he's uh, it's likely that he will have a very very good weekend. I was going to talk about Savachi and Forkner, and then Sexton and RJ, but we don't have enough time. And forget about Savachi and Forkner. It's round twelve. It ain't happening. It just ain't happening. <laughs> like right? Like we could talk about him, but it's not going to work because it hasn't worked for eleven rounds. So. <sighs> Yeah, we I don't know could, what to say. Right, yeah. we, we cannot just, get the ball rolling. And, we, could, um, we could just move on from there. So, RJ yeah. and Sexton got their career best national finishes 1-2 this weekend. You think this helps them going forward? I mean, there's only one round, but do we see – I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to go 1-2 again, but do we see these guys both inside the top five, both motos, like fighting for wins slash podium? Um, because they haven't always been there. But maybe these kids, man, and confidence and all that, and they, they have it now. Yeah, I I, th- I think 100% yes. Um, confidence is a crazy, scary thing, and it's taken a long time for RJ to get that first win. I think he feels it's pretty overdue. I think a lot of us feel that it's overdue. We've been waiting for him to break through, and, and when you break through and you do it and you see the trophy sitting at, at, on your mantle at home, and it just brings a calm about you, and I think he's really going to now truly, truly believe that's where he belongs, and I 100% will bet that he's in the top five this weekend. And the same thing yeah. for Chase. The Yep. Chase is um I I've sponsored Chase for a long time. He's a he's a really good kid, a great family, love his dad. And um this is Chase is gonna be very, very good. Um his big problem is he just doesn't get good enough starts and doesn't put himself up in the front in the beginning and it's hard to come from behind. But when I think Chase starts progressing and getting more confidence and I think their bike has gotten a lot better, I mm-hmm. think he's gonna start to be up there more and he has he has really, really good potential to be very, very good here in the couple in the next coming years. I think we didn't have you on the Pulpmex Fantasy uh, podcast show, but how worried are you that I'm going to beat you overall um, in this game for outdoors? Uh, I'm, I'm I'm leading the four of us right now. I'm leading. Uh, Truman has already paid me the money um, that we our bet is. JT vows to pass me um, this weekend. Uh, what about you? Well, I, I definitely want to beat you for sure because uh, I think I was the best out of our group in Supercross. You were, yeah. Um, I'm close to you in motocross, but damn, you, you've it's gone well for you outdoors, and I've uh, it's I've been a bit like Forkner and Savachi. I just can't seem yeah. to make the right choices, and I have bad things happen. But uh, I'm gonna look at who you picked for sure, and I'm gonna try to target a team that um, I can make up ground <laughs> on you because I would uh, I can't win much anything else. So right. being able to tell you all for the rest of you know the right. rest of the year that I'm better than you I would get a lot of joy out of that. What so, yeah, was I'll, your I, what was your 450 team? I don't know if you remember I put you on the spot here but what was your 450 team uh for buds? Uh, I think it was Roxon, Miriam, um John Short and oh, well, uh, should... the big problem was Nick Gaines. Yeah, well you should listen to the the podcast because Miriam was just just a terrible pick. There's no way how would you know that? You, you shouldn't know that. No. I, I, I listened to a podcast by a guy I know that really talked to him, and, and um, he qualified good that day, and uh, it seemed uh, like Miriam's healthy now, so I went Miriam. Right, and uh, Cody, shock, Delaware, bro, Delaware. Yeah, that's, uh, that was just risky to me, but, um, yeah, it paid off. I just, I, I just thought I was being smarter by taking a guy that had more experience, but um, clearly 
I'm uh, I'm a little bit hesitant. Right, right. Um, had to go bad. Yeah, absolutely. And the 250s, uh, Savachi let me down pretty good again, and I can't pick him this weekend, and and that's that's fine. We're gonna we're just gonna end our relationship in fantasy, myself and Joey Savachi, and it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be very ugly re- end of the relationship. Yeah. So and see, I can pick him, and I know you can't. So I might he might be high on my radar this weekend because I know that uh, he's somebody different that you can't <laughs> pick. So we'll see. But man, it's been. Hasn't gone well for Joey. Well, thanks to uh, everybody who's been playing all year long. It's been fun and uh, fun to do those podcasts and all of that. So thanks, Paul, for your time on the Fly Race of Moto 60 show presented by Pro Taper. Get and Maxis, always fun. We're going to do one more of these before designations. I'll probably call and uh, and talk to you then. Uh, thanks for the time today. All right. See you, Steve. All right. That's uh, Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper, 702-586-7857, if you ever got something on your mind. Tits. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. But you got one more this year. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. No, you're not. It'll have been just long enough, and I'm happy to see you again. Okay. All right, everybody. That's it. We'll do one more before destinations. We thank Fly, Maxis, Git, ProTaper, you guys, and everybody else. Thanks for calling in. Talk to you soon. I was born.